Thank you for tuning back into the Noggin Notes podcast. Noggin Notes aims to enrich and educate your noggin on matters of mental wellness and mental health. And as always, the show is sponsored by Zephyr Wellness. I'm your host, Jake Wiskirchen. I co-own Zephyr Wellness, and henceforth, Zephyr sponsors the show because this is my time and my voice, and it's my company. So there, take that. Anyway, we also have a shout-out to give to 24 Hours of House Music for Better Mental Health. It's a little bit of a mouthful, but if you go to Google and just type in 24 Hours of House Music for Better Mental Health, you'll pop up with a few top-of-the-search-engine results, and one of which is afterdark.co. If you go to afterdark.co in the events, uh, look under uh, 24 Hours of House Music for Better Mental Health, and you'll get a a great description of what's going on. Basically what these guys have done is in Bristol in the UK, they've, they've put together a a 24 hour nonstop music session. It's going to be held at taboo nightclub on Clifton triangle. And, uh, for those of you who are in the U S uh, just, you know, reach out, maybe support if you can flip them a donation. And for those of you in the UK, if you can get there, uh, it sounds like a great time. Um, for those of you who are into house music, it's definitely a great time and it supports a great cause. There's a 24 hour DJ set from Banjax and Funk Agenda resident Craig Brown. We're going to have uh, dance floor support for the entire duration from Bradley Gunn Raver. DJ and Raver will go straight through for a day and night long marathon. Check out 24 hours of house music for better mental health. It's 13 January 2018 and the proceeds are going to benefit mind organization check them out thanks for doing such a good thing for such a good cause and uh, we appreciate you guys look forward to promoting your event over the next uh, several noggin notes podcasts and we look forward to supporting you and endorsing you as for the rest of you who won't be able to make it to the concert we wish you great mental health this is being versus doing enjoy The phrase I am is an interesting one. It uh, reflects identity. It gives a sense of ownership. It tells people who you are as an individual. It's also the shortest sentence in the English language, consisting of only two words and three letters. But what it also does is it gives a concrete nature to the status of who you are as an individual. For example, if I say, I am a man, There's not a lot that's going to change that outside of some dramatic accident down the road. If I say that I am bipolar, well, now I've just limited myself in being able to do anything beyond struggling with a mental illness called bipolar disorder. If I say I am angry or I am an angry person, those are two very different statements. I am angry says that, you know, uh, I'm mad, but knowing what we know about emotions, that might change in the next few seconds. But if I say I am an angry person, it sounds like I'm indicting the character of who I am. And that's something that it almost seems like I was born with and will never change. In English, we only have one version of the verb to be in its infinitive form. And it sounds very permanent all the time. This recording is a podcast. That sounds very permanent. I am talking into the microphone. Sounds very permanent. And if I refer to myself in my career path, whether I am an accountant or I am a police officer or I am a psychotherapist, it all sounds very permanent. And because of that permanence, 
We often get our identities wrapped up in things like careers and mental illnesses and uh, simply just states of being, such as, I am happy. In other languages, such as Spanish, there are two versions of the verb to be. One is very temporary and one is very permanent. The estar form of the verb in Spanish is the permanent one, where you say, yo estoy enojado, meaning I am mad, but eventually I will not be. And then there's the soy version, or ser as the infinitive. Yo soy hombre, I am a man. That's not going to change. Given that we don't have two different versions of the verb to be in English, we just use the one, and they all sound like they're long-lasting and possibly a reflection of our character or identity. In order to be something, if you want to settle into that role as though it's your character, as though it's your identity, it's important that you take ownership of it. Simply stating, I am bipolar or I am ADHD really limits options for doing anything to cure it. I wouldn't walk around, for example, with any physical ailment saying, I am a headache or I am a broken arm. As silly as that sounds, people do it with mental illness. Doing, on the other hand, gives a very temporary, fleeting idea of what it is that's going on. So if I say, I'm struggling with, that's a verb that says it's temporary. I'm struggling with bipolar disorder. I'm struggling with addiction. I'm struggling with my attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I can also use that when I refer to my career. I do accounting. What do you do for a living? I do police work. I do law enforcement. I do psychotherapy. That way, when I hit career end and termination of my, my professional life and I head toward retirement, I don't have a crisis of identity trying to figure out what I'm going to quote-unquote be next. As long as I've said, well, I'm doing psychotherapy, I'm also doing parenting, and I'm also doing several hobbies that I have, all of those can be ended or terminated at any time, and then I can pick something else up without thinking that I've conflated that with my identity as a human being. This is important, I think, in our work where we try to get people to take ownership of who they are as individuals while embracing the mystery of not really fully knowing exactly what that entails. If you believe in a divine power that created the universe and created mankind, that divine power is limitless in its capacity, and so are you. So to say, I am, and then follow it with something that's very temporary could be cause for concern. It could create a lot of anxiety. It could even create a lot of depression if you think that you're limited to whatever phrase you've just described to yourself. I encourage people to have a gentle hold on that which they think that they are in order to be able to flex and move as life throws curveballs at them and certain climates change and roles develop and uh, ebb and flow. I am a parent is a pretty permanent situation. Even if my child happens to die, I will have been a parent and nobody's really going to take that away from me. But I hear a lot of people saying, doing parenting. I am. I have to go parent now as though it's an option. And I think that gives us a certain disadvantage to our children when they look at us and we say something like, I have to go do parenting now, or I have to go be a parent as if it's a switch to turn off and on. It indicates that the children really aren't that a priority to us. And uh, I think that sends a, a pretty bad message to our children. It's almost like they're they're an option, and they're not an option. A career absolutely is an option. You can choose whatever you want to do, and you can turn it off or turn it on. You can change careers. You can quit your job. You can move forward. 
people anchor themselves to their careers by the phrase, I am an accountant or a law enforcement officer or a psychotherapist. Then when life hits them upside the head and says, you don't get to do that anymore for one reason or another, maybe it's a, a horrible accident that disallows your ability to think or, or function or move. I mean, athletes have this happen all the time. Or whether it's just simply the boss decides that your position is no longer relevant to the company and you get terminated from your job. You could be faced with a crisis of identity if you haven't loosely held your role in that job position. What I would encourage everybody to do is be more mindful of their language. Are you being something? And if so, how permanent is it? If you're doing something, should it be more permanent? Something like parenting. Personally, I like to interchange those as often as possible, but I have an intentionality behind it, and I like to flex it around before it comes out of my mouth. Before I say I do or I am, I consider the consequences and the ramifications of both of them, actually. I am a therapist is probably something that's not going to change, even after I let my license go and drift into retirement, because therapy is something I do when I talk to people and I just help them gain better awareness and improve their happiness in their lives. I don't see that really ever coming to an end simply because I stopped drawing a paycheck for it. I am a parent. I'm always going to be parenting my kids, even if my role shifts from parent to teacher to mentor to protector to uh, buddy. As my dogs come racing by me. And that's the benefits of doing a live podcast in your garage. Thanks for bearing with us through that. But when we, when we get an idea of what we're doing versus what we're being, we can gain better control over that which we're about to embark upon. And it gives us a sense of empowerment, and it also gives us a sense of being able to let go, knowing that really in this life, all things are fleeting, even if they are a God-given role to hold on to the rest of your life. If we hold loosely to it, even when death calls us, we'll be able to let go and live on in peace as we drift toward the end. I hope this made sense, and I hope the barking dogs didn't cause too much of a distraction. Uh, thank you for joining us on Noggin Notes. And remember, Noggin Notes aims to enrich and educate your noggin on matters of mental health and mental wellness. For all the Noggin Notes team and the Zephyr Wellness team, I wish you great mental health. I'm Jake Wiskirchen.